Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 420. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here every week to answer your questions, to educate you on this journey, whether we're talking about personal statements, interviewing, or anything else. But really, I love sharing stories of students who have overcome, and today is no different. We're talking to Haley, who is a non-traditional applicant, first-generation student from a disadvantaged background, who decided not to go down the pre-med path because it wasn't the practical thing to do. And we'll talk about her journey and much more right now. Haley, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. When did you first realize you wanted to be a physician? So I knew that question was coming. <laughs> um, I, I was really young. I think I was probably about five, six, seven, somewhere around there. Um, my family had a really awesome relationship with our pediatrician who was also my mom's pediatrician and took care of her all while she was growing up. And um, I have a younger brother who is autistic and had a lot of health problems. So we spent a lot of time at my pediatrician's office and just seeing how he cared for me and my family just really impacted me. And I remember thinking, you know, looking up to him, he was a a positive role model in my life and thinking, wow, like he has such an awesome job. He gets to take care of people, walk through them, walk with them through, you know, their life, their health decisions. And I just remember thinking like, I want to do that. I want to take care of people. Like my pediatrician took care of me and my family. And so that was kind of my initial, the first thing, first time I remember thinking that I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And so it's a, pretty straightforward journey then. You you go to undergrad, you're, you're pre-med, you apply to medical school, you get in, end of story, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what changed along your journey? So I think I was pretty like dead set on being a physician. Even in high school, when I was applying to college, I, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. But I was the first person to, in my family to go to college. Um, I grew up 
in Section 8 housing. My family got food stamps every month. I mean, my mom um, was disabled for all of my life. Um, So just going to college and like the whole process of applying, going and figuring out financial aid and all that was just so stressful. And I just remember feeling like, okay, I, I have to do this. I have to be successful. My family's depending on me. And that whole pre-med culture, it got to me. And I, somewhere along that transition from high school to college, it just kind of got lost. And I just, I think I just decided, well, I'm just going to get my four-year degree or, um, you know, pick a quote unquote easier path or a path that's not as long because I just, I couldn't at that time see myself as a physician. It seemed too far away, too hard. Had my family, you know, waiting for me. It just, just didn't seem feasible for me at that time. So I kind of yeah. let go of it for a little while. The yeah. the word that kept coming to me as you're talking is it just didn't seem logical, right? The, the logical thing yeah. for you and your family is for you to go to school, get out as fast as possible, get a job and make money to support your family. That That's the logical route, it seems like. Yeah. So why Definitely. not do that? So well, that's what I did um, <laughs> initially. So um, yeah, I went to school at UNC Chapel Hill and they have a one-year master's in accounting program that students from any background can apply to. And they like actually encourage like students from science majors, from social science majors, whatever. Um, and you can pretty much go into any field make good money, great job security. So I thought, okay, like I'm going to do that and work in healthcare and be on the business side of things and help with, you know, hospital operations or finance or something like that. And, and I'll be make positive contributions to healthcare that way. Um, So at that time, it kind of seemed like a compromise between being practical and where my interests were as well. Yeah. So the the whole time during undergrad, was there any sort of itch to go and shadow and get clinical experience and and like maybe this is what I want to do or were you like nope, this I need to I need to get through, I need to to get out to the other side and start making money? Definitely that itch was definitely there. There I remember so many times like sitting in my dorm room or sitting at the library and like seeing other students with their chemistry or biology textbooks and thinking to myself, like, you'll never know unless you try, like you just need to do it. And, and somehow I just always talked myself out of it because I really felt a sense of responsibility to be, to do the practical thing. Yeah. Let me ask you, a lot of students are in very similar situations to you. And a lot of this kind of urge and responsibility to be practical is what I find typically self-inflicted. Did you ever have conversations with your mom to say, this is like, I want to be a doctor and it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to cost a lot of money and I'm not going to be able to provide for the family the way that maybe we need for a long time, but this is what I want. Did you ever have that conversation with her? Did you know, like in your heart, like that just wasn't the right thing to do? Kind of both. We definitely did have the conversation a few times and it wasn't, my mom was 
it wasn't that she was unsupportive at all. My mom has supported me in everything I've ever done. But she definitely did have concerns and questions about the cost, how long it was going to take. And just like, honestly, she knew nothing. I knew nothing. And so um, all of her concern was from a good place and wanting me to like really think it out. But like every time we had that conversation, it just seemed really overwhelming. And it was kind of left of, well, you do whatever you think is best and et cetera, et cetera. And I just felt like, um, I don't know, like I, it definitely was self-inflicted for sure. But my, my family, my mom, my brother, like they definitely had concerns about the whole process. And it just, um, from their perspective, I think it just seemed so like mysterious and long and they, they, they'd never known anyone other than like the doctors we had gone to see that had done it. Um, so, you know, the, the conversations happened, but I definitely felt like, um, I mean, I, I do remember one specific time my mom being like, well, if you do that path, you need to major in something that you can get a job in case it doesn't work out. Like they definitely were worried about it too. Yeah. It's a, it's such a common story for students who are first generation students who are coming from a more disadvantaged background who aren't surrounded with their neighbors and friends and family aren't physicians to really fear the unknown of this whole process and especially again coming from circumstances like you came from where there is this very practical need to to go to college and come out and start making money to to favor that route versus the unknown. And so you go down that route, you, you do this masters, but there, there was something inside of you that told you it wasn't the right path. At what point did you start to realize that, that this wasn't the path that you needed to go down? Oh my gosh. Well, if I'm being honest with myself, (laughs) I knew the first week of my master's program because I, I remember after the first exam, I went home and cried because I was like, I hate this. Um, but I didn't want to quit. I'd never quit anything my entire life. I always felt like I was, you know, the responsible one, the practical one, the smart one. And, you know, I was like, I signed myself up for this. I need to suck it up and do it. But it felt wrong from the beginning. I mean, I knew that I wasn't where my heart was, but I just, I kept telling myself like, that's too bad. Like we got to do something else. Um, And I thought at that time it was too late. I was like, okay, I hadn't taken any of the classes. I hadn't shadowed, hadn't volunteered. I hadn't thought about what it takes to go to med school in a while. Mm. And so I just kind of like pushed it down and I was like, okay, well maybe the school part of this isn't great, but once I get out and start working, it'll be better. So I just kind of like kicked the can down the road a little bit. Yeah. How did, how did you, how did you get through that process knowing that you didn't like it, knowing that it's not what you wanted to do, but, but not willing to give up? I don't know. To be, <laughs> to be honest, I think just knowing that like there was so much I could do with that degree and that it wasn't, it wasn't signing up for one specific job. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had so many alumni that came and talked to us that was like, Oh, I took this degree and now I'm in, you know, I'm a head of marketing or I'm, you know, in consulting or, um, I'm in healthcare administration. And so I thought, 
well, let's just get through this like basic or not as much basic, but let's get through this like degree with all these, you know, business skills and then like just see. And then I was like, surely I'll be able to find something that makes me happy enough. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. At what point did you finally commit to going down this pre-med path and, and setting your sights on becoming a physician? Mm-hmm. So I finished grad school in 2017, started working, and it was summer 2018. So I've been working for about a year. And that's when I had started like Googling. I found out there was a really great post-bac program in the city I happened to be living in. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, I just decided like, all right, we have to do this and kind of go all the meanwhile in the background of grad school and my first year working, my mom got sick. Um, and she's always had a lot of health problems, but started to get progressively worse and she wasn't working part-time anymore. We had uh, a nurse aide coming to our house five days a week, going to all kinds of specialist appointments and stuff all the time. And so I, I was kind of living a crazy life then because I was working a ton and going home as much as possible and trying to be there for her, take her to appointments, do all that kind of thing. And so that just was like what pushed me over the edge. And I was like, you know what? I want this. I feel called to this and I have to try it. And so um, I remember talking to my boss about it at work saying, hey, like I'm thinking about doing this, I really want to do this. And it was kind of, funny to me because not a single person in my life was surprised. <laughs> like I thought all of my coworkers were going to be like, what? Like you want to go to med school, but <laughs> no one was surprised. They were like, yeah, this, we yeah. love you. You're great. But like this, we can tell this wasn't for you. Um, so I applied to my postback program in fall 2018, got accepted. And then I started uh, May, 2019. What was the transition like for you for from undergrad going out being in the workforce to then doing a postback where kind of a lot rides on how well you do in that postback? What was that transition like for you? Well, I will say that the transition from like undergrad grad school to working was hard because um, school had been my whole life up until then. Yeah, and I didn't come from a privileged background or a background where my parents had business jobs. And so I felt very out of place. There's a lot of like social norms and I don't, I don't really know how to articulate it like businessy stuff that I didn't know. Um, And so that transition was really hard for me, but then it was kind of funny. I felt like going from working to going to my post back was a great transition other than concerns about money and everything I felt okay because I knew if it didn't work out my job is still going to be waiting for me um which I was really fortunate to be in that situation where my boss was kind of like okay um I support you you should go do this but if it doesn't work out your job will be here so that was nice um but I loved it I had missed school I was ready to be back Um, I felt 
I had done a good bit of shadowing and volunteering before I started my post back as part of my like making sure this was what I really wanted to do before I went and spent all this money and quit my job. So I was really excited and I loved my post back program. And so it was, it was small. We were all pretty close knit and like, just kind of, we we're all on the same journey and it seemed a lot more collaborative and, and friendly than the pre-med culture did in undergrad. Yeah. So I was happy with that transition. Good. Finally feeling like you're on the right path. Yeah. That's good. When it comes to kind of being a pre-med student, there's there's a lot of quote-unquote boxes to check. And uh, obviously mm-hmm. from a courses and grades and prereq standpoint, you you were checking those off by doing the post-bac. What about everything else? Y- you had a lot of personal experience in and around healthcare with your family. But what about really confirming for yourself that you would want to go take care of other people, other people's families? Yeah. Well, that was one of the things when I was thinking about quitting my job and doing the post back that I, that really struck me actually from listening to one of your podcasts where you said, you know, there's, there's a difference between taking care of your sick family member and somebody else's sick family member. Yeah. Um, so before I, um, started my post back, I started volunteering at hospital where I live, um, in the emergency department. And then after a while they let me move to the NICU. And so I got to see a lot of different types of, of patients and situations. And I, I did as much shadowing as I could. And for me, it was basically like just finding one physician to let me shadow. And then they like, Oh, you're interested in OBGYN here, I'll email this person that I know. And so I was really fortunate in that through like my volunteering and networking with physicians, I had a lot of really great people help me and let me shadow. And um, I mean, I, I, I loved my volunteer experiences. I would still be doing them right now if it wasn't for the pandemic. But I had not done, I mean, anything in undergrad clinical related at all. Um, and so I just had what healthcare exposure I had for my accounting job and then just volunteering and, and shadowing. And so I, I made sure that I spent enough time doing those things so that I could reflect on them and know that, you know, I was comfortable in those settings and that, I was going to be comfortable taking care of people who weren't related to me, but I didn't feel like it was my focus to find a, like check off the box and like do enough healthcare volunteering and do enough shadowing to get to some certain hour requirement. I had other things in my life too that I cared about and spent time doing. And so I wasn't trying to like um, do them just to do them, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. When you were getting that clinical experience because and, and shadowing, uh, because you, you had all the experience again from, from your family, was there anything that you experienced outside of your family when you're shadowing, getting other, other experiences that made you kind of second guess, like, well, this is actually different than I assumed it would be. Maybe I don't want this. 
honestly, no. Yeah. Uh, I had such great experiences. I mean, there's tough things. I mean, that you see in the NICU and the emergency department and some tough situations that I saw shadowing. But every time I just remember thinking like, it's so incredible to, to, I mean, just to be involved as like a volunteer or just to be observing. And like, I really genuinely enjoyed all of it. And I like to think I had a pretty, pretty realistic expectation just from how much I was exposed to medicine through my family. So there was nothing like shocking or surprising to me. Yeah, good. That's always good. When it came to the application process as a non-trad, as someone who kind of was late to to realizing that you wanted to be a pre-med and go to medical school, um, what what was it like filling out your application and trying to tell your story there? Oh my gosh. So I, whenever I applied to my post-bac program, they wanted like a personal statement. So I remember sitting down trying to write like my med school personal statement at that time. Um, I mean, it was hard. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I read all your books. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to the physicians who mentored me. Um, I tried to stay away from certain websites because they just really stressed me out. (laughs) Um, And I think it it took a lot of work. I spent a lot of time. I probably revised my personal statement like 20 times and worked on it over the course of, you know, almost a year. So it was hard, but I just tried to like not get caught up in what I thought other people were doing or what other people's applications looked like and tried to, um, just write my story very honestly and use my experiences to show like I am passionate about medicine and I know this is what I'm supposed to do and here are all the things that in my life that have shown me why I believe that. Yeah. How much? But it's hard. It's a lot easier said than done to do that because I felt like in my application too that I was exposing every part of my life it was like I mean it's hard because I I feel like I talked about a lot of really personal things in my application yeah again as a as a non-trad with the experiences that you had how do you figure out what to put in your application (laughs) um that's that's a good question I think I um I mean put so I tried not to put too much from undergrad, but I did talk about like a few significant like activities, experiences I was involved in, um, wrote about my job, wrote about my volunteering, wrote about my shadowing. Um, I made one of the, one of my activities, like helping take care of my mom. And that was one of my most meaningful and just kind of poured my heart out about why like not just like what I did for my mom but why it was so impactful for me and why those experiences made me want to be the physician actually why those experiences made me feel like I had to become a physician um Mm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I a lot of my activities were not um, med school, medical, clinical related at all. Um, some of them were like things I did um, as part of like my master's program, like TA. Um, and even though that has nothing to do with medical school or medicine at all, it was a significant experience and something I w- was really passionate about and cared a lot about when I was in undergrad and grad school. So, Yeah. Interesting. Well, what were interviews like for you? What, what was that feeling when you got that first interview invite? Oh my gosh. Uh, it was, I really have enjoyed all of my interviews. I just, I cried when I got my first interview invite, which (laughs) is a little dramatic, but it just made it really start to feel real. Um, and I, when I submitted my applications, like when I hit that submit button, I remember like feeling really anxious and really nervous about how my application was going to be perceived by admissions committees. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so my first, one of my first interviews, my interviewer, the first thing she said to me was, wow, um, your application was so well written and I appreciate the personal stories you shared. And we, the whole interview was just a conversation and we had a lot of similarities in our backgrounds and just kind of connected over that. And so that was like a huge self-confidence booster for me. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going to be okay. Like nobody thinks my application is trash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even though like, you know, I had a million people read it. Like I just, I don't know. The admissions committee still seems like really scary to me. And I I don't really, it's hard to imagine like what those conversations are like, or um, I still feel like I'm not entirely sure, you know, how they sort through applications, what they think, but I just did my best to portray my most authentic self and it seemed it it went well. I didn't have any bad interview experiences. Um, I will say it was a little disappointing to do them virtually and not be able to go in person and see the schools and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely a disappointment this year. And hopefully next year we'll be back to normal, but we, we will see. Um, Yeah. Uh, obviously things have worked well. You have multiple acceptances at this point. How are you starting to decide on, on where you ultimately want to go? What's that decision look like for you? Yeah. So I kind of knew from the beginning that I wanted to stay in North Carolina, um, partly because of my family and partly because I genuinely want to practice here and stay here. Um, so I kind of knew like whatever North Carolina school I could get into was probably where I was going to go. And then from there, a concern about, about money. Um, so I think I'm going to, my, uh, decision-making will be a mixture of like, where can I go? That is, make sense financially that's close to my family that I feel comfortable at um one of the schools that I was accepted to I have multiple positions I've shadowed works there and are around and so I think having just knowing that like you have um 
that mentorship close by also matters. Yeah, that's awesome. For the student out there on their journey, maybe from similar background, dealing with family members who are ill, um, uh, coming from disadvantaged backgrounds, uh, first to go to college in, in their family, not really sure, again, from that kind of practical, logical standpoint, not really sure if, if medicine is the right path for them. What kind of final words of wisdom do you have for them to hopefully give them the motivation and encouragement to kind of follow their heart? So I would say medicine needs you. Um, you know, it, it really matters for the patients that there's representation and that it is so doable. Um, and that's, you know, it doesn't have to be done. Like I kind of always thought you had to do undergrad in four years and then you went to med school directly after that. You can take your time. And along with that, I, I would encourage them to, if there is something else they're thinking about it, thinking about doing, do it, try it. Um, you know, it's going to be okay. And, and if you do something else, you'll just be first and you'll just be a better physician for it because you'll have more life experiences and you'll know with absolute certainty that this is um, what you need to do. So I think, you know, don't be so hard on yourself and take your time. All right. So there you have it again, Haley talking about her journey to medical school, to having multiple acceptances now after realizing as as she went through this journey, went through this path, trying to do the practical thing for her family and realizing that ultimately that wasn't going to work. So hopefully listening to this will give you some motivation and encouragement that maybe the practical thing isn't the right thing. I I know a lot of you are out there in tough situations. You need to help support your family. But at the end of the day, you also need to take care of yourself. So if this gives you a little bit of motivation to to go out and do something for yourself and, and ultimately most likely give back to your family in even bigger ways in the future, then maybe today is the day to start that journey. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.